You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We are so grateful to Amazon for supporting Made For This. Their new Amazon Smart Lighting Bundle includes the Echo Dot Smart Speaker and a singlet color-changing light bulb. It will totally transform your home into a connected and colorful smart home. To get 20% off your Amazon Smart Lighting Bundle, go to amazon.com slash madeforthis. Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And now here's Jenny. I'm really excited to talk about doubt today because other than the book, Get out of your head where I go into great detail with my 18 months of wrestling with the doubt and that story. I really haven't delved into the issue of doubt. I haven't really spoken directly to those of you that might be feeling doubt. And I think the trials and tribulation of this year can sometimes bring to the surface things that we don't often think about. You know, we try not to think about death. We try not to think about deep, deep, deep things every day. We're, we're getting through our lives and taking care of our business. But when all of that business goes away and, and things are more quiet and chaos is everywhere, you do tend to think more about life and death and God and heaven. And so I really believe this is something that is relevant to this season. I don't think Get Out of Your Head has done so well in this season because of the doubt primarily. It's because of the issue of our minds and the captivity that it can get in with toxic spirals. And I think it's about why I think people love the book in this season is it tells us we can stop and change our minds and not live in this toxic pattern. But I think the doubt, what the doubt story does for people, and if you don't know my story, for 18 months, I walked through a intense season of questioning my faith in the middle of the night by myself at 3 a.m. every single night. And that takes toll on you. And eventually it, it leads into the day and, and those doubts and questions of is God real and, and this fear of death really grew in me, leading to a lot of anxiety and a lot of apathy. Because if it's not all true, then what am I doing with my life? Literally, my life specifically, I'm preaching Jesus everywhere. So I think that season cost me so much. And I realized on the other side of it that it was a spiritual war and I was under attack, but I did not see it in the middle of it. The reason I wanted to address this in the season is recently a friend of Kate's brought up some concerns that he had in his life about doubt. And he he knew I'd struggled with it. And so we just ended up talking a little bit about it. And I realized, and one thing I said to him, I said, I'm sorry that Christians don't talk about this more. And I'm sorry that this isn't a common part of conversations in the church because I really believe faith 
has doubt in it, right? There's a relationship between faith and doubt. And because we never talk about it, we feel ashamed by that, that we're struggling with doubts, or we think it's not normal, or we think or question, are we even a Christian? And the reality is doubt is going to be a part of our faith. Tim Keller talks a ton about this. And I really loved if you if you're wrestling with it, the first thing I recommend is reading The Reason for God by Tim Keller. It's a fantastic book that I read a long time ago, but it was just the basic questions of faith that were so helpful to me. And I absolutely love everything he says and does just Tim Keller in general, I listened to his podcast those 18 months. I actually played it in my car every single day. I felt like he was holding my faith intact. I know it was God in the end, like I theologically, I understand that. But in my mind, day to day, the war of it, he was bringing truth in a calm, centered way with very, he's, he's got such an intellect and such insight. And so he was pastoring me every day through this season. And what he talks about is he says, you know, doubt actually can make faith stronger. Doubt is actually something that every person should wrestle with so that their faith is secure and so that their faith is clear. I mean, I think of the verse, the work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's a little bit of just, is this true? And questioning or, and I, and I told Kate's friend this, I said, this is actually evidence of your faith, not evidence of you being an atheist. This is evidence that that you really love God and you want a sincere faith. You don't want a pretend faith that that came from your family or your church. You want a faith that's real and vibrant to you. You're, you're fighting for that. But here's my recommendations for you that are wrestling with doubt. One is to realize that it's normal and to not freak out. Two, to realize that it also is a spiritual war. That 2 Corinthians 10, you've heard me talk about this passage a lot because it really did define this season for me so well. It put words to what I had been experiencing which is that we don't war against the flesh, that we war against the spirit, and that there are divine weapons in spiritual realms that God gives us that can destroy strongholds, okay? So we have divine weapons that destroy strongholds. But this is the verse I haven't talked a lot about, and it's verse five. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I'm going to say that again. Verse five, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. That is what the enemy was doing in my mind night after night. He was raising up an argument against God. Now, what does it say we're supposed to do with that? We're supposed to take every thought captive. And in essence, we're not supposed to feed it. We don't feed doubt. We feed faith, right? So there's a million ways in that 18 months that I was feeding doubt. I wasn't bringing anyone into it. I wasn't being honest with myself about how much... Um, doubt I was actually having. I was feeding it news and things that caused fear in me. I was not watching my inputs. I was not in scripture the way that I had been previously in my life and am today. I was feeding doubt. I was also feeding faith. Praise God for Tim Keller. He he was feeding in my faith whenever I would get in my car. And I had church and I had accountability. I had small group, all that. But I was largely day to day. I was on Twitter at the time. I remember that's one of the things I cut out. So I was feeding this this cynical is this true? Is this real? Are you sure? And the intellect would say, well, Jenny, is it true? You really should think about that. Well, yeah, that's why I recommend the reason for God, because everybody has to go through the intellectual decision of like, is this possible? Like, is it possible that Jesus was a son of God and walked the face of the earth? And did he raise from the dead? And and what is, you know, we got to walk through the evidence of faith, okay? So I'm not saying you never have a season, but I've already done that. I've walked through that. I went to seminary. I know and actually intellectually espouse that faith. But even the demons do that. So that's not actually 
faith is just saying, yes, intellectually, I think it's true. It's putting your hope in it. It's saying, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is my savior and I want to follow him. That's transforming and saving faith versus intellectual assent. So if you're struggling with the intellectual assent, there's a lot of ways to work through that, right? You've got to do the work though. You can't just expect to all of a sudden like wake up and not have doubts about your faith. You've got to explore it and do the work of it. Assuming that this is just an argument being lifted up in your head against God, right? That this isn't just some moment in time where you're questioning everything that you've always believed, but you're just really genuinely like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, does it fade to black when we die? Can't all religions go to heaven? You know, if you're asking questions like that, there's the intellectual piece, but then there's the spiritual piece. And if we don't recognize that, and that was my word to Kate's friend is, I think you're fighting this on an intellectual level, on a flesh level, when this is a spiritual war. And he was like, but how do you fight a spiritual war when you're doubting if that spiritual war even exists? And I was like, you fight it as if it's all true. So you pray. And if you can't pray, you ask people to pray for you. And you put that truth in your mind and your life and you fight for it because what happens is the enemy, there's no other delight in his life than to steal your faith. Like that's the ultimate goal. Because if he steals your faith, he can't steal your salvation if you've put trusting faith in Jesus Christ. Like your salvation is secure because God secures it, right? It is that we are um, not left as orphans, that there's a seal, a promise with the Holy Spirit in us that that he will come back for us. And nothing can disrupt that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we are safe, like your salvation is safe. But what happens in the erosion of your faith is you do get apathetic, you get cynical, you're not going to be on mission, you're not going to make a difference in people's lives. And then you've got to ask yourself, was there ever a true saving faith, right? If you live in that long enough, which I think is a really important question in this process. So there's the intellectual ascent and doing that work. And then there's the spiritual war. And how do you fight the spiritual war if you're not even sure if it's all real and true? And that's where the Bible is everything. Because there is this black and white document compiled over centuries by multiple people that loved God and that listened to him. It's the very words of God inspired by God himself. Every word. It's a sword that that pierces joint and marrow. If there's ever a time you need a sword that pierces joint and marrow, it's in the middle of a season of doubt where you want something to come inside of you and and cut out this thing that that is tormenting you. Because when you have doubt, the reality is it's so scary. I didn't want to have doubt. I didn't want to be questioning my faith. It was miserable. I felt like in Star Wars, and I say this in the book, there was this dark hole, you know, in one of the more recent Star Wars where the Jedi girl, I can't remember her name right now, is drawn to it. Like she's just so drawn to this darkness and she doesn't want to be, but she's she just is. And I'm like, that that was what was happening to me. I was being pulled into this dark pit of despair and doubt that I hated and I wanted out. But all that to say, there is a way out. And God gives it, right? What does the scripture say? In Ephesians 2, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, we all were, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. We all were in the dark. We all were controlled by darkness, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. And then verse 4. But because of his great 
love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And this is our hope. It's not that we save ourselves if we were dead, right? We were in the dark. We couldn't turn the lights on. We could not solve this problem. But God, because of his great love for us, made us alive in Christ. That is our keeping hope, right? That is the the thing you hold on to in the middle of the night is, but God, God will hold me there. God will keep me there. God will issue faith. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift from God. And Ephesians 2, 8 says that, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Guys, this is where we pray. And if you're struggling with doubt, you say, God, help my unbelief. And I need you to gift me faith. I need that gift that Jenny's talking about. I need that gift that you talk about in Ephesians. I need you to assure me of my salvation. I need you to assure me that you are real. You ask God for it. You don't ask him for a feeling. You ask him for assurance. And he can give that. He is the giver of wisdom. He is the giver of faith. He is the giver of counsel. He is the giver of assurance. And And I'm telling you, it is a supernatural war and you're asking for a supernatural change. You're asking for a supernatural gift to enter your life, to enter your mind and to take out the darkness. And guys, it's possible. And this is where fasting and praying and casting out all the stuff, like this is where that comes in, is you gotta treat this seriously. You can't dawdle with doubt. You cannot let it sit there and fester and grow and spin and toil. You gotta kill it. You gotta fight it. You don't deny it, but you fight it. We're so grateful for the partners that make this show happen. So this season, one of those partners is Amazon Alexa. We don't bring you guys anything that we don't use and that we don't love. And Alexa is certainly one of those things around our house that we all love. The idea that I love that they just created was this little light bulb that's all different colors and it lights up and it'll wake you up in the morning slowly. A great little gift, not very expensive. Amazon Alexa, thank you for being partners with us and making the season of Made for This Happen. One thing we love about the Amazon Smart Lighting Bundle is that you can integrate it with your routine. So you can set lighting routines to wake you up in the morning or help you wind down at night, or you can completely turn off all your lights at a certain time. Plus, what's really fun is that you can change the color of the bulb too. Right now, you can get 20% off your Amazon Smart Lighting Bundle only at amazon.com slash made for this. Every bundle includes an Echo Dot smart speaker and a singlet color-changing light bulb. That's amazon.com slash made for this to get 20% off and take advantage of this amazing smart home deal. Amazon.com slash made for this. Here's a quote from Tim Keller. A faith without some doubts is like a human body without any antibodies in it. People who blithely go through life too busy or indifferent to ask hard questions about why they believe as they do will find themselves defenseless against either the experience of tragedy or the probing questions of a smart skeptic. A person's faith can collapse almost overnight if he or she has failed over the years to listen patiently to his or her own doubts, which should only be discarded after long reflection. Believers should acknowledge and wrestle with doubts, not only their own but their friends and neighbors. It is no longer sufficient to hold beliefs just because you inherited them. Only if you struggle long and hard with objections to your faith 
will you be able to provide the grounds for your beliefs to skeptics, including yourself, that are plausible rather than ridiculous or offensive? And just as important for our current situation, such a process will lead you, even after you come to a position of strong faith, to respect and understand those who doubt. So good. It's so good. I needed to know it was okay. I needed to know that I wouldn't be there forever, that it was a season. And I would say this is what I did with my daughter who walked through a season of doubt that was pretty significant. I said, okay, we're going to set a timeline on this. We're going to do our work. And for six months, we're going to wrestle with this. And you can ask any questions. We're going to read any books. And I want you to decide after six months, like, yes, I, I believe it's true. And then you stand on that faith, right? You you say, okay, I'm going to live with this as my foundation and I'm going to build on it. But if you just toy with doubt over time, then it's going to grow. And you can't just live in that state of, is this true? Is this not true? At some point, you've got to make a decision. Like, yes, I'm going to build my life on this. That's faith. To step out and say, I'm going to build my life on something that is not certain. This is the definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. In that whole season, I did not, I look back and I go, I did not lose my faith because I never quit holding on to hope that it was true. I hoped for it. Now, also, God was holding me in place. I believe it was a gift of God, not my own doing. So I couldn't have lost it. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Other people's faith around me, Tim Keller's and my small group and community, my pastor, my friends, my husband, my kids even, they were holding me in place in that season. Their faith, I was borrowing from it. I remember doing that constantly of looking over at other people that loved God and were spending their lives serving him. My friend that was on the mission field at the time and giving her life for this. Her faith was evidence of what I couldn't see. It was like, gosh, people don't do that unless they believe in God. You know, the disciples don't lay down their lives for something that wasn't true and they saw his resurrected body firsthand. You know, that that doesn't happen. This has to be true. So I looked for the evidence of things unseen in my friends and in people's lives who have been changed. Now, if you bank only on that, what you're going to do is you're going to see all the people that are hypocrites, all the people that that mess up and their evidence is not strong, right? It's it's pretend or or religious. That's their business with God. But I can tell you, look a little bit further than the hypocrite down the street. Look at the missionaries in the world. Read biographies. Like there are so many people that have shaped my faith because they lived in such a way that there's no way they could go through that. Corey Timboom, you know, there's no way you can go through what she went through in the Holocaust and come out the other side with joy and hope apart from a real savior that issues that. So that's what I'm saying is borrow from other people's faith as you're in the midst of this and be honest about it. Tell your people and process with your people. This is a huge issue, and I realize I can't fully cover this in this short episode, but later this week, you're going to get to hear from Johnny Erickson Tata, and you'll see. It's one of those stories. It's one of those stories that you hear it, and you know. You just know that God is real, and there's no way someone can live 50, I think it's 58 years in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic with joy, with happiness. I mean, she is delightfully happy without a Savior that is issuing that to her daily. I believe in you guys more than anything. I believe there's a Holy Spirit that is issuing that faith, even as I say these words. And I just want to pray real quick for any of you that are struggling with this. God, you issue faith. Would you do it in a mighty way? Would anybody listening right now that's having doubts, would they feel your spirit giving them what they need 
would they experience what it means to have faith gifted to them? Would they experience the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen? Would you show it to them? And God, we thank you that you are a God who saves, that while we were yet sinners, you made us alive because of Christ, because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Chloe. I just want to hop on here and ask you a special favor. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, would you mind leaving a review and some stars so that more people that are scrolling through Spotify, Apple Podcasts can find Made For This and join us on this journey. We are so grateful for all of you that are listening, no matter where you are right now, in your car, folding laundry, maybe doing some dishes at work. We are so glad that you're here and we love being on this journey with you. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.